Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today is Tuesday, October 15th, which means that it is the launch day of a book of poetry that I really, really like. You've heard a couple of poems from it. It is called Rail Splitter, and it's by Morris Manning. Um, If you are subscribed to Forma, our magazine, this summer, you got an issue that has an interview with Morris Manning. And last week on the Forma podcast, we also shared a podcast interview that I did with him about this book. While I was with him, I asked him to record a poem that he really, really likes for this podcast. And he obliged by reading a poem by one of his very favorite poets, Robert Penn Warren. Warren was an American poet, novelist, and critic who lived from 1905 to 1989. He founded the Literary Journal, the Southern Review, and he received the 1947 Pulitzer Prize for All the King's Men, as well as the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1958 and 1979. Without further ado now, I'm going to turn it over to Morris Manning, who's going to read one of his very favorite Robert Penn Warren poems. So here he is, Morris Manning. I'm going to read a poem by Robert Penn Warren from Kentucky. Often he wrote about landscapes and scenes in Kentucky. This poem recalls a scene from his youth. The poem is called Boy Wandering in Sims Valley. Through brush and love vine, well-blooded by blackberry thorn, long dry past prime under summer's late molten light, and past the last rock slide at ridgetop and stubborn raw tangle of cedar, I clambered, breath short and spit white from lung depth, Then down the lone valley called Sims Valley still, where Sims, long back, had nursed a sick wife till she died, then turned out his spindly stock to forage at will and took down his 12-gauge and simply lay down by her side. No kin they had, and nobody came just to jaw. It was two years before some straggling hunter sat down on the porch edge to rest, then started to prowl. He saw what he saw, saw no reason to linger, so hightailed to town. A dirt farmer needs a good wife to keep a place trim, so the place must have gone to rack with his old lady sick. And when I came there years later, old furrows were dim and dimmer in fields where grew maples and such a span thick. So for years the farm had contracted, now barn down and all, the yard back to wilderness gone and only the house to mark human hope but ready to fall. No buyer at tax sale, it waited, forgotten and lonely. I stood in the bedroom upstairs in lowering sun and saw sheets hang, spider web rotten, and blankets a mass of what weather and leaves from the broken window had done, not to mention the rats, and thought what had there 
come to pass. But lower was sinking the sun. I shook myself, flung a last glance around, then suddenly saw the old enameled bedpan high on a shelf. I stood still again as the last sun fell on me and stood wondering what life is and love and what they may be. This is a, a poem that uh, I really spend a lot of time with. It's composed in rhyming quatrains, although the lines are so long and metrically naughty. Um, it's hard to hear the rhyme, but say the, the first stanza, thorn, light, stubborn, white. Second stanza, still, died, will, sighed. And I would love to have been able to ask Warren, why bother with rhyme that is so hard to hear? And no telling what he would have said. He had a very, you can listen to recordings of him reading, he had a very distinctive way of reading his own work. He spoke rapidly, so, you know, maybe some of this longer line is just there because of his his own speech habits. I, I don't know, but beyond that, uh, sort of the metrical complexity and the and the sonic features of of the poem which I love hearing it's it's almost uh, it's like if you had the piano and you were just hitting bass notes <laughs> over and over um, it's it's not melodic at all even though the stream of memory has its own flow um, and then it's not just memory, it's imagination. He is imagining a past that he himself did not experience. And then he's imagining a past that he was part of. Now, as an old man, he wrote this poem when he was in his 70s, uh, or late 60s at least. So long view to his youth, and then... That's the starting point for a long view, imagining a past that predates his own birth. Um, and I just the, the sense of continuity in, in the, the vision of this poem is very powerful to me. And it's also a moment that brings knowledge to the remembered boy standing there in that room when he looks up and sees the enameled bedpan high on the shelf and suddenly he knows there was a sick person in this room. So it confirms the truth of the story of old man Sims and his dying wife and then he lays down one day with his 12 gauge and dies beside her. And that left a mark on the boy 
remembered in the poem, but now as an old man himself, it leaves another mark, um, the same memory, the same image. It has a, or, or it's, it's, it leaves a different kind of mark, uh, just in recollection. So what I, and Warren was a great, uh, knowledge mattered to him. How do we know what we know? How can we verify uh, what we know? Is it just our perception? Are there elements of truth that come together and, and create knowledge? Um, and here, the knowledge is based on truth. Um, the, the, the bedpan is a truth that brings knowledge to the boy. And I just, I, I, I've loved, that, that's a quality found in all of the Robert Penn Warren poems that I, that I have loved through the years. Um, and he's, he's even taking a bigger bite than that. He's recognizing that this, this kind of story characterizes America. It's our, it's our history. This, this ungainly, unpoetic origin, you know, this rough, violent, um, hard scrabble existence is where we started. That was our, that was the ground our national seed was planted in. And if we don't acknowledge that origin, we are um, not living honestly in the present and not living with knowledge. Hmm. Can you read for us one more time? Sure. Boy Wandering in Sims Valley by Robert Penn Warren. Through brush and love vine well-blooded by blackberry thorn, long dry past prime, under summer's late molten light, and past the last rock slide at ridge top and stubborn raw tangle of cedar, I clambered, breath short and spit white from lung depth, then down the lone valley called Sims Valley still, where Sims, long back, had nursed a sick wife till she died, then turned out his spindly stock to forage at will and took down his twelve-gauge and simply lay down by her side. No kin they had, and nobody came just to jaw. It was two years before some straggling hunter sat down on the porch edge to rest, then started to prowl. He saw what he saw, saw no reason to linger so high-tailed to town. A dirt farmer needs a good wife to keep a place trim, so the place must have gone to rack with his old lady sick. And when I came there, years later, Old furrows were dim and dimmer in fields where grew maples and such, 
a span thick. So for years the farm had contracted, now barn down, and all the yard back to wilderness gone, and only the house to mark human hope, but ready to fall. No buyer at tax sale, it waited, forgotten and lonely. I stood in the bedroom upstairs in lowering sun and saw sheets hang spider web rotten and blankets a mass of what weather and leaves from the broken window had done, not to mention the rats, and thought what had there come to pass. But lower was sinking the sun. I shook myself flung a last glance around, then suddenly saw the old enameled bedpan high on a shelf. I stood still again as the last sun fell on me and stood wondering what life is and love and what they may be. Well, thanks so much to Morris Manning for reading that poem by Robert Penn Warren. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. Be back tomorrow with another poem for you.